Blog Talk Radio. that the free market is nonsense. We know that the whole point is to game the system. 
to beat the market, or at least find someone who'll pay you a lot of money because they're convinced there is a free lunch. We know this is largely about power, that it's an adults-only, no-limit game. We kind of agree with Mao that political power comes largely from the barrel of a gun. Workers of the world unite. It's not just a slogan anymore. It's the way we're going to have to do our work. I think the debate for the new generations, instead of capitalism or socialism, is we're going to have both, and then which proportion of each should we have in order to make this all work? It's a much more sensible debate. But the dream was not to put one black family in the White House. The dream was to make everything equal in everybody's house. What we mean by economic equality is floors for everybody and ceilings for everybody. Well, floors, absolutely. Ceilings, probably. You have the consumption tax. Certainly a consumption ceiling. Great. Because we have been guided by a Republican administration who believes in this simplistic notion that people who have wealth are, the, are entitled to keep it. And they have an antipathy towards it means of redistributing wealth. You stayed up front. Your starting point is, quote, no-nonsense Marxism, unquote. But you dispel all the negative images we have been programmed to conjure up with just the mention of that word socialism or Marxism. The wealthy are getting way, way too wealthy. And the income class is left behind. When it gets out of whack, as it did in the 20s and it has now, you need to need to do some redistribution. This is a form of redistribution. Definitely. If you redistribute too much, then the system doesn't work because you take the incentive out of it. No more broken treaties. No more broken treaties. Give them the wealth. Give them the wealth. Give them the dignity. Give them the respect. The rich are not paying their fair share in any And guess what this liberal will be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing. Uh, um, would be about basically taking over and all right welcome ladies and gentlemen to another hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me your host Dr. C. Robert Jones today's date September 19th 2012 beautiful old town Alexandria right here on Union overlooking the park which is overlooking the which is overlooking the Watergate Hotel, which I can see here from my picture window. Oh, yeah, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Calling numbers 347-884-8500. There are three things I'd like to touch on. One, one is this. Did, how many of you knew that the Rupert Murdoch was once an, a socialist, a Marxist, if you will? Yeah, it's true. Our Rupert Murdoch News Corp was a dyed-in-the-wool hardcore socialist. Right up until the time when he had to get a job. It's true. His daddy had plenty of cash, and they were living quite large when he was a young kid. And into his teens... He subscribed to socialism, Marxism. But then his father cut him off, and he had to go out and actually work for a living to make money. At that point, money became kind of important. And like he was working really hard. And so he developed this insane idea that, wait a minute now. I've actually got to actually go out and work and make money. And and there are those who actually want me to, like, give it away or give it up. Uh, no. So, here now we have our Rupert Murdoch. And so, here's the thing. How many of these socialists or these people who believe they're owed something are going to be socialist. We're going to espouse to the socialist mantra. Once their things start to dwindle, you know, those folks who make under 40 
$30,000 a year who managed to wear FUBU, uh, $200 sneakers, to drive hoopties with rims, 20-inch rims that cost more than the actual car itself. The Xboxes, the PS3s, the big screen TVs, the laptops, all that stuff. The iPhones, the droids, all those things that those so-called poor people have. What happens when folks start to come for those things? And two, whatever happened to objective journalism? Last night I mentioned my good friend, I only said her last name, Benning, over at the Washington Post. Her name is Victoria Benning. She is a great friend of mine. But she and I often engage in bitter debates about the administration, particularly Mr. Obama. She happens to be black like me. She is an uber-liberal. And if you read her columns, they're rarely ever objective. Now, she works for The Post, which just happens to be a very liberal newspaper, much like the New York Times. But it just got me to thinking about how the news media is no more, not anymore, objective. Objective reporting. Now, could it be quite possibly that I am naive and that all these years I have been naive to the point to, the, to, to ever think that there was a such thing as journalistic integrity? Or has it always been the case that the news media, the mainstream media, has had a bias? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's me. It's possible. Mankind, wait, I quote, mankind is divided into rich and poor, into property owners and exploited, end quote. Joseph Stalin asserted such in a 1937 interview with H.G. Wells. And I quote, to abstract oneself from the fundamental division means abstracting oneself from fundamental facts, end quote. Stalin's mind operated with all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. But one of the things he was certain is that there are rich and that there are poor. And the rich, well, the rich are the enemy. Does that sound familiar? In an article uh, titled Rich Man, Poor Man in the American Thinker by Jeffrey Folks, that same crude idea of perpetual class warfare seems to be the primary foundation of Barack Obama's re-election campaign, if not his entire presidency. The president is not just asking the rich to pay their fair share. No, he is demanding and demeaning of them and dismisses their accomplishments as well. And he is inciting his audience to join in the mean-spirit attack on the rich as the exploiters. Quote, you didn't get there on your own. End quote. You got there on the backs of the poor, he's basically saying. And now it's time for a revolution. It's been a while since Americans have heard a speech like the President's Roanoke Address. But that speech did not come out of nowhere, out of thin air. It was, in fact, the perfect reflection of the radical tradition in which Obama has, was educated from childhood on up till now. In that tradition, those who aspire to material success are regarded as enemies of the people. It's a phrase that crops up very frequently in radical and anarchist writings. And that also suggests in Obama's current populist attacks, 
Well, you see it here. You, you, you read about it. Well, certainly not in the mainstream media, correct? But folks, for centuries, leftists have campaigned against those whom they considered class enemies. At the height of the French Revolution, Robespierre, who's, I mean, that, what kind of name is that? Anyway, <laughs> Robespierre ranted about how the revolution would treat the enemies of the people. We've heard this all before. The enemies of the people. And he ran it on about how the revolution would treat such folks without trial or appeal or any such thing. It would simply it would simply kill them. Now, the tendency to divide society into two distinct and opposite classes is a fundamental tenet of leftist thought. And it is a, a view that underlies Obama's entire concept of government. Now, this article here in The American Thinker lays it out for you just like I just did. For some of my um, blog talk hosts that I am uh, closely linked with here on Blog Talk Radio, I urge you to join us and the, on The American Thinker, read some of the articles, or publish your own, as I often do. Now, let's get back to the story. Like all Marxists, Obama seeks power on the promise of redistributing wealth from those who have to those who have not, from those who have succeeded, and then redistributing it to those who have failed. This is what Mitt Romney was really talking about, and he was so right about it. Now, my good friend, Victoria Bennett, of the Washington Post, edited an article, she's an editor on the paper, she edited an article that suggests that as a result of, well, what the mainstream media is calling Romney's gaffe, that as a result of that, his candidacy is done. It's imploding. Those were her exact words. I don't think so. Because what I think is that Romney has gotten it right. And somebody's got to say it. And you know what the good thing is? We're living in an age right now, in a time, where America appreciates honest, straight talk. Ask yourselves why the governor of New Jersey is so popular right now. Ask yourselves why my main man Donald Trump is so popular right now. Why is it that those, all of a sudden, here in the last four years, Politicians, pundits, news folks, when they speak plain and to the point and tell you what's really going on, their, pop, their popularity only increases. And I predict this very same thing for Mitt Romney. He pretty much told it like it is. Now all he has to do is get out and tell it like it is some more. Because, quite frankly, this is what a lot of Republicans were waiting to hear. Romney to come out and say, 47% of you are just damn lazy, and you want, to take from the, you want to take from the rich to give to the poor. Now, I don't agree with that number, because that number includes a lot of disabled veterans, senior citizens, and the like. And I'm sure that Mitt Romney wasn't speaking to those people. We all know who Mitt Romney was talking about. They're all over the news these days, the Occupy Wall Street crowd, those black folks who are looking for reparations for, well, for atrocities that, quite frankly, we never suffered in our lifetimes, 
and barely our fathers. Certainly our grandfathers and great-grandfathers, but quite frankly, I deserve no reparations. But yeah, I think you get the picture here. Here's the thing. Oh, by the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. Obama's not running for office as a, well, as a communist, per se. And I hate using that term, per se. It sounds, it sounds weird. Like, like saying mayonnaise. I don't, I don't like that either. Or tomato. But nevertheless, he's not running for office as a communist. Yet he has employed all the classic methods of Marxist politicians. Well, he's harped on continuous class warfare, class inequity, while promising to seize and redistribute the wealth of the rich if he's reelected. He has divided voters along class, ethnic, gender, and ideological lines. He has politicized every crisis from the market collapse of 2008-9 to the embassy attacks of today. These tactics are familiar within the communist tradition, but folks just can't see it. They're too too caught up in what Mitt Romney's saying. When the President of the United States has taken every opportunity to, to divide this country, I mean, completely. It's amazing. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. So, with that in mind, we're going to take our short news break from at, at courtesy of <laughs> courtesy of PJTV, uh, and uh, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back. It's Wednesday, September 19th, 2012, and this is news. Pundits in the mainstream media continued to assail Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney for suggesting at a fundraiser in May that 47% of the population is dependent in some way upon the federal government and would likely vote for Obama. The president responded to Romney last night on David Letterman's show, saying, quote, one of the things I've learned as president is you represent the entire country, and this is a big country. Obama said he also learned as president that there are three branches of government, and the Washington Monument is very, very tall. President Vladimir Putin has ejected from Russia the U.S. Agency for International Development. USAID spends about $50 million per year in Russia trying to advance the cause of democracy and to monitor elections. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who reset the previously rocky relationship between the U.S. and Russia, said the move illustrates how close the two countries have become in the Obama years. After all, she noted, the Russians merely kicked us out. They didn't even torch the U.S. embassy. France has preemptively closed its embassies, consulates, and schools in 20 Muslim countries in the wake of the publication of a cartoon image mocking the Prophet Muhammad, which appeared this week in a French satire magazine. The White House said President Obama called his French counterpart to encourage him not to be intimidated, but to stand strong against the growing global threat of dangerous cartoonists. U.S. troops won't be going on any joint patrols with their Afghan counterparts for a while. The Pentagon announced the temporary change after a month in which Afghan soldiers killed a record 51 American troops who were trying to help train them. Meanwhile, U.S. forces will undergo more cultural sensitivity training to avoid offending their Muslim colleagues. President Obama said he's sure that American troops don't want to offend Muslims by, for example, putting their feet up on a desk, and that Muslims probably don't want to offend their American friends by putting a burst of hot lead through their heart and kidneys, for example. And finally today, Chicago teachers are back in the classroom after reaching a tentative deal to end a week-long strike. President Obama thanked the teachers' union for their sacrifice, saying he knows it's hard to live on $76,000 per year plus benefits and 
to endure the insult of a meager 16% pay hike, but he knows they compromise because they're eager to get back to work, knocking on doors and making phone calls to protect Chicago's children from having to memorize another president's name. With PJ Newsbreak, I'm Scott Odd. Visit PJTV.com three times today for your antidote to the obsolete media. understands that jobs must come from growth in a vibrant and vital system of free enterprise. I'm so proud of our system of government, of our free enterprise, where our incentive system and our men who head our big industries are willing to get up at daylight and work till midnight to offer employment and create new jobs for people. I have faith in America. Through our system of democracy and free enterprise, the United States has achieved remarkable, unbelievable progress. Small business is the gateway to opportunity for those who want a piece of the American dream. But wouldn't it be nice to hear a little more about the forgotten heroes of America, those who create most of our new jobs, like the owners of stores down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, synagogues, schools, and communities, the brave men and women everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That's where miracles are made, not in Washington, D.C. If you've been successful, you, don't, you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. Because if you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. When you do well, everyone else does well. And I promise you this, I will never... Please don't miss the Situation Report with Doc Jones. The Sitman is information and entertainment in the one short hour. It happens fast, so don't miss it. BlogTalkRadio.com slash the dash situation dash report. my peoples what crack a lack in my peeps welcome 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 to another edition of you guessed it you got it and that's how we do it live and direct with g ski rocks in the captain what's crack a lacking what's crack a lacking i'll tell you what's crack a lacking g ski what's the crack a lacking baby what's cracking well it's cracking man as everybody else but everybody seems to love you Brother. What's cracking? Gee, you are the man. You are the man, dude. I tell you what, I love this topic. I love it. I wish I thought of it myself. I'm jealous. I got envy. I got envy right now. What's crack a lacking, Dana? My brother from another mother. How are we, sir? <laughs> <laughs> What's cracking, sister? What's crack a lacking, What's crack a lacking? What do you got to say, man? I just got to say, awesome show. Just totally awesome. That's right, folks. We keep it. And we do it for love of country. So make sure that you listen to live and direct with Disky Rocks and the Captain every Monday and Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. www.20-20.com. 
Radio.com. Always crack a lacking, and it's always served with bacon and gravy, baby. Bacon and gravy. Bacon and gravy. Bacon and gravy. Now, I love G-Ski just as much as I know you do. And his awesome show, which is coming on sometime later tonight, well, 9 p.m. right after me. The G-Ski Rocks 2020 Radio Network. I love the guy, and I know you do too. But bacon and gravy? Imagine a plate of bacon and gravy. It's just, it just. Now he says that the biscuits are given. I don't know. Okay. A fly in the chat room here uh, writes that Hitler declared a war on God. And just like the Democrat Party has, the Democrats want government to become the God of the citizens. Is he right? Do you agree? Or could he be just going off the edge, dangling close? No, he's absolutely right. You know, there's a reason why communist nations such as Russia, China, hell, even Cuba, Deny the existence of God. Bibles are banned. Any religious symbols banned. Because there can be only one. There can be only one higher power. Now, the Bible clearly tells us, Thou shalt have no other God before me. But clearly, during the Democrat convention, God was denied. Not once. No, not twice, but God was denied. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong. God was denied three times. How's that for symmetry? Freedom Wings is in the house. Glad to have you. So, the Lord was denied at the Democrat convention three times. Because government, government is the Lord. And Obama is the Lord Most High. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why there are pictures of Barack Obama with a halo over his head. There's a picture why just before Inauguration Day, there was a painting on display of Barack Obama riding down Pennsylvania Avenue on an ass, an ass riding an ass, wearing Jesus' garb and a crown of thorns. There's a reason why Barack Obama gave a speech at my alma mater, Georgetown University, and demanded, well, not specifically him, but his handlers demanded that all symbols, all religious symbols be covered or taken down while before Barack Obama gave his speech at a particular hall at my alma mater. Now, note that Georgetown University is a Jesuit school. So there are symbols of Christ all over the place. But for Barack Obama's speech back in 2009, those symbols were required to be covered. Yeah, well that's what it's really all about. So, Flycatch is absolutely right. Absolutely He is absolutely correct. There's a pattern here, folks. A serious pattern. And and it can't be denied. 
There's a pattern. There's a historical pattern, of course, with well, Jesus being denied, God being denied, the Bible being banned in countries that believe in collectivist collectivism. But let's get back to Obama being buck naked again for the second day in a row. Obama is the emperor the emperor's new clothes in reverse today. For the longest while, I greatly imagined I greatly imagined that President Obama was garbed in the glorious attire of a ter- of a transformational leader and that he could actually stand in the shoes of, of Franklin Delano Roosevelt or dare I say a founding father or two. My overwhelming need to vanquish mediocrity and the stifling succession of the same old pinstripe suit, just as I did when I was when I voted for Bill Clinton the first time around, led me to engage in what writers refer to as ver versalimitude. Versalimitude or commonly referred to as suspension of disbelief, which enables the reader to momentarily believe that the incredible is actual. For a moment, or at least a span of 400-odd pages, we discard the limitations of our 9-to-5 lives and believe that superheroes not only can fly, but have the courage to truly come to the aid of a society so desperately in need of new ideas. Well, something like change we can believe in, something like that. Hope, change. The chronicle of President Obama's first four years, first three and a half years in office, is just like that old tale of the emperor's new clothes, but in reverse this time. Here, there never was an issue at all that our leader was appropriately attired. It was the folks who elected him who came out naked in the end. What was it that Obama said? He wasn't the hope and change. We were. Speaking for myself, I almost got caught up in the rhetoric of a beautifully crafted speech and a rousing delivery reminiscent of JFK in Berlin. My intense longing for a complete sentence and more and more still led me to believe that I was witnessing a blockbuster in the making and I should have known better because I've been through this before. I fell for it with Bill Clinton the first time around. I visualized him as well, JFK-esque, as it turns out, more so than I than I ever imagined. When Bill Clinton stood up on stage on The Tonight Show and donned a tie he got from someone out of the audience, strapped on an, a saxophone, and began to wail with shades on that he borrowed also, I was mesmerized. In fact, I turned off, yeah, here it comes. I turned off my main man, Rush Limbaugh, for the whole campaign season because I felt that Rush was a bit too harsh on my man, Bill Clinton. I felt that, you know, all this talk about Bill Clinton being a liar, all the talk about Bill Clinton and his womanizing, I could care less about that. So I began to think, you know what? Rush. Leave the man alone. I dig him. Wow. As it turns out, Rush was right. Rush was right. But here we are again, reliving history with a new president who just seems so cool. Wow, he's so cool. The internet guy was here just yesterday. Repairing my internet connection, putting in a new modem. We had a little chat about Barack Obama. One of the first things came, that came out of my man's mouth was that, yeah, but Barack is such a cool president. And I said to him in return, in response, you know what? 
I wouldn't have a problem with the guy if he wasn't bad-mouthing businesses so much and saying I didn't build that and at some point he believes I've made enough money and his and his stupid health care law and the whole gays in the military thing. Oh, and by the way, well, do you want a cool president? Somebody who's cool? Or do you want somebody who's like in their office doing their job? Because from what I can tell, this country's in and dire straits financially and otherwise and dudes on some he's he was on he was on uh, some show last night chilling he's always on vacation he's or he's on a golf course somewhere and he's been campaigning for the last year i don't i wonder if dude has even set foot in the oval office and sat behind that damn desk he's living large can you imagine how large this guy is living right now on our dollar? He's flying around on Air Force One, which I have been told personally costs just over $247,000 an hour to operate. And that's just on the ground. He's living large. Can you imagine what kind of food he's what kind of food is on his plate? What he's eating? He's probably got some, oh my God, he's probably, can you imagine the steaks? He's probably got french fries as big as bananas. Anything the guy wants, he gets. Then, all he has to do is wake up, shit shower and shave, put on a nice suit, and go out to adoring, and be greeted by adoring crowds all day long, and give a speech. Then get back on the plane and go to the next stop and do it all over again. He's living large on our dollar, folks. How cool is that? How cool is it to have a president of the United States who does nothing? He is the ultimate affirmative action hire. The kind where you just hire the guy because, well, it's his time. It's a quota system. We've had all these white guys in office. You know, we came close to having a woman. But since we couldn't get the woman we wanted, well, let's just bring in the black guy. Never mind that he's a he's as dumb as a box of rocks or that he's a socialist or a Marxist. You know what I was told? What we were all told on nightly news events just before Barack Obama took office? It was that Many presidents have stated that they intend to change things, to change the system. But four years later, eight years later, very few things actually change. I was comforted in that. But it didn't turn out to be so in this case, because Barack Obama has changed things. In fact, last night... On whatever television show he was on, he couldn't even recall what the national debt was when he took office. Or what it is now, perhaps. The guy's a walking nightmare. He needs to go. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. Now, how many of you, and be honest, were caught up in this whole hope and change deal. Because let me tell you something right now. I've gone, I've gone all, I've been all over the map. To be honest with you. I used to love Hillary Clinton. I used to think she was, well, frankly, I thought she was hot. Come on. I'll, 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 it's out there. Yeah, I said it. It's over. It's out. Back in the, Early 90s. I thought she was cute. But when some Secret Service friends of mine told me things like she would yell at them just for glancing at her, that she was just a real you-know-what, and that they couldn't stand working for her, and yeah, they'd have to take a little bit of time to consider whether or not they would take a bullet for her. I began to change my tune a little bit. So when Barack Obama ran against Hillary, 
I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say this too. I actually rooted for Obama over Hillary because hey, I just knew that this clown wasn't going to win. But that Hillary, if she received the nomination, well, she just might. But this big-eared bean pole from the south side of Chicago who was pretty much a failure at everything that he did outside of uh, Harvard. Well, I just knew that he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna win. A good friend, Bobby Rush, former Black Panther, turned co- turned uh, alderman then congressman, labeled Obama an educated fool when Obama unsuccessfully ran against Bobby Rush for his congressional seat some years back. I considered Obama nothing more than just that, an educated fool. But hey, the joke was on me, and unfortunately, it was on you too. Because Obama won. I didn't say, well, GDT's writing in the room, you thought Hillary was hot. Did I say I thought she was hot? <laughs> I thought she was cute. I dug the whole headband thing she had going on. You know, I kind of like them like that. I, I, I have a type, you know. It's not my fault. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, and she's from Chicago, you know, and all that. You know, well, you know, so, you know yeah. never mind all that. What I did, what occurred was that I I awoke. I was about to say I woke up, but I'm I'm not in the company of uh you know family, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna use the proper verbiage. I awoke to the reality of a Washington winter where Barack Obama, well, he killed the space program. And as a child of the 60s, I grew up with the excitement of a president who proclaimed that we, as a nation, should reach for the moon. And we did achieve that. JFK called to action. His call to action wasn't just a shallow tagline, but the implementation of a vision which was truly transformative. In the America, which still brings tears to my eyes, we were endowed with the vision, courage, and stamina to truly achieve what seemed to be, and what seemed to the world, as impossible. And then, fast forward to today, as I'm watching Fox News, fair and balanced, I see those glorious space shuttles being shuttered off here and there, to museums. The space program has been gutted. The shuttles have been relegated to dusty old museums somewhere all across the country. We have no space program to speak of. And not long ago, Obama killed Bush's constellation program, which would have put Americans back on the moon. I never thought that was the most intriguing idea since it seemed a repeat of previous events, but it was, however, an effort that would have kept JFK's original vision alive. That program has now been canceled by a president stroke of a pen. When the shuttle fleet retired for good today, no American spacecraft will take its place. Our once-upon-a-time astronauts will be hitching a ride on the Russian on Russian uh, spacecraft. Wow. We've been left out in the cold, folks. Now, GTT writes in the chat room, while I understand the importance of the space program, I think the private sector will prove to be a better way to explore space. Hmm. Well, here's what I think about that. Yeah. I think they'll turn a profit. That's for sure. 
But I'm not so sure that any private company can muster up all that is necessary to do what NASA did. Remember, a lot of the things that we use today, a lot of the things we take for granted, not not just Tang, but hell, wrapping paper, aluminum foil. I mean, I could go down the list. Were invented by these guys for use in spacecraft. Imagine a group of guys who want to get off the ground and onto the moon. But they don't have a way to get there. So they do they take bits and pieces from here and there and put them together and then fly off to the moon? No, they got to do something much harder. They actually invented the means to get from here to there. A lot of things had to be actually invented off the top of their heads. Geniuses all, no doubt. Now, we're getting a bit off the subject just a bit, but I find it hard to believe that private entities are going to be able to gather those types of folks from minor ducats, minor dollars, and put them all together to compete with NASA. Because remember, NASA astronauts were pretty much making what they were making as, well, airmen, marines, Navy personnel. They were making no more than their salaries, their their yearly salaries, whatever their rank was. And scientists were, well, they were brought in for minor amounts of money. They weren't getting paid like millions of dollars to do the things they were doing. They were getting paid slightly better than probably what the astronauts were getting. I can't say for sure. The government can bring in experts from all over the world and pay them very little. Will private businesses be able to compete that way? I'm not so sure. And GDT is confident. By the way, GTT 183 has a great show on Blog Talk Radio, which is on at 11.30 at night. It is a great show. Magnificent. I am rarely able to stay awake that late. I'll be honest with you. I'm an old man. But I do manage to catch the show the next day. Most of the time. But it is a fantastic show. I tell you what. The show is is so off the chain that it's consistently one of the top conservative shows in Blog Talk Radio. Consistently. Not like me, you know, every now and then, but no. So check out GDT 183, 11.30 at night, conservative primetime. Great show. All right. Flycast has something in the room there. What happened to... Bert Rattan, GGT-183. Okay, that's a question for GGT, not for me. Oh, well, that's too bad. All right. So, where are we, folks? Well, here we are. Before we take off, I just want to make this one point. Before we say goodnight. Each week, the Obama administration, which has become indistinguishable from the Obama campaign, becomes more and more reminiscent of the old children's story, the emperor's new clothes, with the national media elites playing the members of the king's fawning court, pretending that the president is not buck naked, that he is in fact replendent, resplendent in the best finery, and that his ever more absurd pronouncements are somewhat credible and laudable. The latest issue is that those of us who have worked hard all our lives, who have studied in school, sacrificed and made something of ourselves, well, we didn't do that on our own. Somebody else made that happen. The roads did it. 
the roads and some teachers and all of that. I find it interesting that Obama didn't mention, say something along the lines that if you were a great success, you didn't get that get there on your own. I expected him to follow that up with your parents. You know, they made you study. They taught you great values. No. Some teacher. Or the roads. Well, it's been great with you, with you guys tonight. We're just about out of time. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Some folks came in the chat room that I did not expect. My good friend Freedom Wings. Well, my, my friend Freedom Wings. GDT183, Flycatch is in the house. DCS914, who had a great show on last night. Man, I really enjoyed that. I had to listen to his show. I got I to gotta be honest with you. I didn't even know he had one, but I tuned in last night. It is fantastic. He makes a lot of great points. And I'll be tuning in again in the future. And hopefully... He'll be able to get a promo to me so I can go ahead and play that on my show. So folks will know more about his show, uh, those of you who don't who don't, uh, who don't know about his show. It's really great. I had a great time listening last night. I actually took time out and listened to the whole show from beginning to end, and it was fantastic. Wow. Not only do we have some really great blog talk hosts, some radio hosts, but they give you a little bit of competition, too. They kind of make you think, "Wow, man, you step up your game, Doc." Because uh, you know these guys who, uh, you know, they they've got some they've got some great shows coming out here. I mean, Freedom Wings, of course, it goes without saying. Her show is fantastic, and she does a great job. You know, and she's got some other things going on too. Because I think um, you, know, you can actually watch, you can listen to her show, and you can also see her. Like she's got like a Rush Limbaugh style ditto cam. At least she had one. I, I don't know if she's still doing that, but uh, yeah, great show there too as well. And of course, my Southern Sense show coming up coming up Friday, two p.m. And I'll be there. You may even get an opportunity to hear my melodious voice on her show as I call in and contribute just a little bit. So, without further ado, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. You guys are great. There are plenty of things you could be doing, but you took some time to come in and listen to my show, if just for a little bit, and I do appreciate it. You have made my show one of the best, one of the most listened to shows in Blog Talk Radio. I am vastly, vastly approaching 200,000 listens in just over a year of broadcasting, and for that, I thank you all very much. Have a great night. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We are out of here. Good afternoon, and welcome to another exciting episode of Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the hostess with the most along with the coolest co-host, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Annie. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, as always.
Jesus' mighty sword And they shield you with their wings Keep you close to the Lord Don't pay heed to temptation For his hands are so cold You gotta help me keep the devil Where is that? 